What if your biggest competition became your number one source of ideal clients and unlimited opportunities? Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. I'm Melanie Benson, host of Amplify Your Success Podcast. And I'm Samantha Riley, host of the Influence by Design Podcast. Now, this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. Mm. Yes, we love the shattering limits, don't we? That's my favorite so, bit. That's my favorite bit. <laughs> exactly. Well, before we jump into today, I just got to say, like, this collaboration currency is really this idea of partnering and opening up strategic relationships. It's really in my heart and in my soul, and it's fired up because of what you taught me about my human design. So we're going to have to have a whole episode on human oh design. Oh my really goodness, soon. that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> human design be <laughs> expert in collaboration currency. Love it. Yep, yep. It was it was very powerful for me. I'm like, yep, we're turning on the collaboration currency. That's what yeah. I call what we're doing today. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have to say, like, part of this collaboration currency, this idea of strategic partnering, it emerged for me, I've been in business 21 years, and it emerged for me 20 years ago. I found myself very green, having zero idea how to turn on a flow of ideal clients and opportunities. I was really struggling. I was starting to doubt if I should actually have a business. Maybe I was thinking, am I really cut out for this? And I started to look around and realize that the people who had great businesses that I really admired that seemed to have a really great income flow into their business, they were doing something that I didn't understand at the time, and it was collaborating. And they were partnering up with people, they were masterminding, they were, you know, getting on each other's stages. And I and I realized like that was my growth step. I was going to turn that on in my business. And I got very intentional and I started looking for people to collaborate with. Now, I did an exercise about five years ago, and I was like, where have my best clients come from? I traced it back to those initial collaborations that I was doing with my first for partners. And I realized some of my best clients could be literally traced back almost 20 years to when those relationships were first being formed and some of the platforms they invited me to. So this works. What we're talking about is a very powerful, not just short-term, but long-term impact to your business. And I was just about to say collaborations can give you very quick wins, really quick wins, but we need to go in, I believe, with the intention that this is the long game because collaborations are like a marathon. And if you set your collaborations up really well, they will last exactly like you just said for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And, and so intentionality and recognizing this is a long game, not just a short game. Yes, they can work. And I like to call it like you can kind of create your own economy by turning on a collaboration and activating it. Sometimes you're going to get that initial kind of rush of revenue coming in. But it's what happens over the long term when you really nurture and continue to cultivate and nurture these relationships where the real gold comes from. Because so many opportunities will present themselves 
over and over and over again. And I think I want to, let's start by talking about this idea of, of borrowing influence, because I think whether you're, you've got an established business and you're wanting to take it to the next level, or maybe you're a little bit newer in your trajectory, I think this is a really important piece of the puzzle. Sam, do you want to talk about what it means to you to borrow influence from other influencers? Totally. And I think that I just want to touch on something you said about no matter where you are in the journey, I think you do need to be really honest with yourself with where you are in the journey, that if you are just starting out, don't try and collaborate with someone that's been in the game. I mean, you could, but don't necessarily think that they need to have been in the game for 30 years and have an email list of 100,000 people. Like that, that's generally not the way to start. So collaborating with people that are sort of where you're at or above is a really great place to start. But I think that Oprah does this really well. And if you haven't heard of the Oprah effect, is that, you know, Oprah obviously is one of the the largest influences that we've got on the planet right now. And she has launched so many authors through her Oprah's book club to New York Times bestsellers just by having them or showing an author on Oprah's book club. So what people are doing is borrowing her authority or, you know, the the authority from Oprah is transferring to them. And that to me is what collaboration is all about. It speeds up that, that transfer of trust really, really fast so that people are like, okay, well, I trust, I trust that person, whether it's Oprah, whether it's you, Melanie, whether it's anyone else, we're able to transfer that trust onto someone else really fast. And I think that's the the gold in collaboration is that we're not just tapping into someone's network, but that trust is automatically transferred to us. Mm, I agree. You know, I was thinking and going back to these initial relationships and what's happened since then, one of the things that I find accelerates is access to new markets. Mm. And, you know, I think I have a lot of conversations with clients who are thinking like, where am I going to fill my next webinar? Where am I going to get leads for this next program? And they've kind of tapped out their own list. They've reached all the people on social media that they feel like they can reach through their normal channels. And it's like, well, this is where collaboration in my mind is very powerful because when you collaborate with people who already serve your ideal audience, whether it's your competitor or it's a colleague who you do different things, this is how you kind of like speed up your time into new markets is they've already cultivated this know, like, and trust with, with their audience, whether it's a podcast interview or a stage or just, you know, emailing to each other's list, whatever that looks like. That person, as you say, transferring trust to you is opening a door to a market that it would have taken you years to cultivate on your own. Mm, So I think a third, it's a second, sorry, not third. We haven't got to the third one yet, but (laughs) the second reason is really opening doors to new markets quickly. Mm. And I think that one of the things that's really important when you're thinking about this is to think as people as collaboration partners, not competitors. Because Mm -hmm. if you're thinking of everyone being a competitor, this can really contract the number of people that you have access to. And, you know, um, essentially, we could be perceived by some people as competitors where I don't think of us as competitors at all, because I think that we are able to collaborate on so many things 
and you know help each other grow rather than thinking oh i need to stay away from that person so i think that that's a really important piece when we're talking about opening doors to new markets as well yeah and i think what you're touching on there is this idea of we are activating an innovative co-creative energy mm-hmm. there's a line in think and grow rich written by napoleon hill and he talks about the power of a mastermind it happens when mm-hmm. two or more people are gathered you access a level of thinking and creativity that you cannot access on your own. He calls it the third mind. And I think in collaborations, and and you and I do this, and we have other colleagues that end up, you know, we co-create because in our own mind, we see this thing one certain way based on our own beliefs, our own ideas, our own paradigms. And when we collaborate, it's like we activate this new level of thinking, this new possibility spectrum that can Mm -hmm. only be accessed in that co-creative energy. And all kinds of things get put into, you know, we might say like the law of the universe, or we might say the possibilities that we wouldn't have have seen otherwise, or solving problems, right? There's so many Mm -hmm. different things that get activated that way. It gets me really excited because I think this is where transformation comes from. This is where we become thought leaders, really. Absolutely. What's this innovation piece? When, when exactly what you were saying, two minds come together. I know right at the beginning of COVID and in March 2020, when a lot of businesses were really like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And it was, it was a scary time for us all because we didn't really, you know, know what was, was going to happen moving forward. And at the time, one of my collaboration partners, he just rang me and went, all right, Sam, what can we do? What can we do to help business owners through this time? And we put our heads together and created a new program and took it to market within, I think, three weeks, helping people to to be able to move their businesses online as quickly as possible. Now, that's something that I wouldn't have done on my own. It's something that he wouldn't have done on his own. But by putting our heads together, we were able to, to come up with a new solution and, I guess, innovate and say, what is it that the market wants? And that's what I love about collaboration as well is really coming from that place of service and saying, what can we do to innovate? My very first business was actually, or was my second business, was a dancewear store. So we used to sell dancewear to students and parents in the dance industry. And collaboration was a huge part of our growth strategy. We collaborated with all of the dance teachers in our in our area. And the way that we were able to grow was always, we would touch base with them at the start of every year and say, what can we do to make your life easier? And every year we would have that same conversation. What can we do to make your life easier? And every year, depending on what they told us, we would bring, you know, have new systems, new processes, new product, whatever it was would come in because while we could serve those dance teachers, they would keep sending their students to us. And it was the best collaboration to grow our business. So all about innovation. Yeah, that's a great example. I can think of a lot of different companies that are, when they come together and co-create, they're able to solve problems they don't even know they've had yet. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if we talk about our favorite ways to collaborate with people who might be perceived as a competitor or might be experienced as doing the same thing, and maybe one way of thinking might be, okay, like, I don't know if I would collaborate with them because we're doing the same thing. And I've, I've been guilty of that. Like I'll acknowledge mm-hmm. I've been guilty mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. at times. But I think, you know, this idea of like, coming up with solutions together is when you look at like, what is the problem that they are creating through the sheer nature 
of what they teach or what they deliver or what they provide? And how do I solve that problem so that we can now find synergy? You know, mm-hmm. we, we were like finding the connection points rather than that constriction or that block of like, okay, we do the same thing. That's where I think the, the real innovation comes. Mm. What is the problem they're creating and how can I solve it? I'll give a quick example. Early on in my career, I had a colleague who was a really big marketing, like a celebrity marketing expert in the entrepreneurial world. And she taught people how to like put all the marketing pieces together, but she was by teaching all that, she was making them feel very overwhelmed. Mm. And my gift was making things simple and teaching people how to prioritize and focus to get results now. So Mm -hmm. I took my gift and partnered with their gifts. So they taught them all the stuff. And then I taught them all how to prioritize and focus. So they were getting meaningful results. And it was a very nice synergy. They Mm -hmm. did what they did. I did what I did. So that was one example that really kind of helped me take off pretty fast. It was probably my first 2 million in revenue came from four key people that that's what I did. I went to their events. I got on their webinars. I got on their telesummits and I taught that piece. Love that so much. Love that so much. What about, you talked about you in your second year of business that you did this. What did it take for you to be able to, to, I'm going to say it like, I guess, get over yourself or, or really get the courage to reach out? Because I feel like this is something that holds so many people back. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll share what happened then, but I'm going to also just share real quickly what we're doing today because it's very different. Back then, I happened to be running a very popular event each month here in Los Angeles. And the people that I first collaborated with all wanted to be on my stages. And we realized Mm -hmm. that we all had synergy and we started meeting regularly. We called it a mastermind and realized that, wow, we all complemented each other very well. And so there was this built-in credibility and trust and rapport, and we genuinely wanted to help each other succeed quickly. And there was just a lot of giving by each of us to each other's uh, to get them on stages, to get each other bigger events and things like that. So that was a very different time. Cause I think I kind of had ignorance. <laughs> like I, I was ignorant <laughs> to, to how hard it could have been, right. That it happened so naturally. And so now today I'm super intentional. And honestly, what I watch for are people that I really like. I really like their message. I really like what they're about. And a lot of times it looks like this. Hey, I really love what you're doing. I would love to see if there's some ways we could collaborate together and maybe co-create some new opportunities. Would you be up for having a call to get to know each other? And, or I just invite them to my podcast. So having a podcast is one of my absolute favorite ways to, one of the things I teach in collaboration currency is, is activate the law of reciprocity by going first, give something first, take the lead and invite other people. Now, in human design, I'm a manifester. So that's super easy for me to do, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like I'm meant to take the lead, but having that podcast or a show or whatever it is, you have a platform that makes it an easy way to let people know you have something of value to start that collaboration currency to take form. So those are mm-hmm. some of the ways that I did it then and do it now. What about you, Sam? What's working for you these days? I love it. 
And like you, I absolutely love podcasting. I think it is the easiest way to start collaborations. Now, I know that you talk a lot about guesting on podcasts, and I know that that's something that's, you know, one of your eight, what do you call it? Your You've got eight amazing- My authority amplifiers. I apologize for tripping over that, but definitely- That's okay. <laughs> I also use podcasting, but I actually am going to flip it from the guest to the host. So as the host, because I'm not a manifester, I'm not able to initiate in the same way. But what I do love to do is invite people onto my podcast because when I interview them, I get to know them really well. And over a 45 minute chat, roughly, I'm able to hear what their values are, what their zones of genius are, and it effortlessly flows after we stop recording into how can we help each other. And so as a podcast host, I really like that I'm able to connect with people and put them in the spotlight, you know, in front of my audience. And that to me just feels really natural and really easy. And then from there, we're able to, to, to launch pad off that into something else. Yeah, I love that as well. And so whether you're podcast guesting, meaning you're mm-hmm. focusing on getting on people's podcasts, which by the way, is another great way. If somebody does serve your same audience and you seem to have some similar things, if they've got a podcast, it's a great way to tap into the community they built is share something that they don't do on their podcast. So great one, host a podcast. I want to talk about another form of collaborations that not everybody's cut out for. I recognize that this is not everybody's jam, but I really like curating groups of people to bring their wisdom and their their gifts together and showcasing them. So I mm-hmm. do interview series. Some people know these as summits. I like to do something called create your own economy. I have a giveaway I do every year and it's my favorite way to curate really powerful wise, amazing experts, bring them together. So we're co-creating a community. We're all sharing it to our communities. We're all gifting something. And there's just this powerful momentum that gets built around it. And literally like I get so excited. I can barely go to sleep at night because I love the energy of everybody being so excited to share a resource, to share tips, to share what's working for them in their life, to help other people get that next level boost in their business. So I think those are a great opportunity as well. And it separates you from everyone else because you're in that authority position when you're the Mm. one that puts it on. Mm. I think that that's a really important piece too, being in that position of authority that transfers the trust even faster. Yeah, I would totally agree. I would totally agree. And I realize not everybody feels ready for that. So maybe you scale it down and do something simple like, have an Instagram live series where you every week just have a conversation with somebody on your Instagram, or you can do a LinkedIn live, or you can do a YouTube live show, right? I mean, we're live on all those platforms, but you get the point that there's a lot of different ways that you can tap into this collaborative energy and take the lead and really like get that value of being the asker, which again, activates all that collaboration currency. Mm-hmm. I see. I think. That, oh, sorry. I was going to say. I think that that's probably the easiest place to start. If you haven't done collaborations before, hosting a weekly, even a Facebook Live show. Don't you know? If a podcast is too much for you right now, then just interviewing someone on a Facebook Live and and swapping those interviews is the easiest way to get started. 
Yeah. Start small. You don't even have to commit to every week. You could do a series and just do a really mm-hmm. short series and see how you like it. That's what I'm doing with a client of mine right now. I was like, don't worry about doing it forever. Just do 10 <laughs> just to get the ball rolling, right? Yeah. Just start somewhere. And that's really, I think the whole thing is start with something to kickstart it and create that momentum. Mm. You know, Sam, I was thinking a lot of people that I talk to when I teach collaboration currency, they say things like, I did it before and it didn't work for me, or it always felt like I was the one giving and no one else (laughs) really was giving, like the reciprocity was missing. I think that's because sometimes people approach it wrong. Where do you think things go wrong in collaborations from your point of view? I think there's quite a few things, but I think first would be having or being in, in collaboration with someone where you or them, either way, over promises and promises something that they're unable to deliver on whether it's it doesn't really matter what it is there's lots of different ways that that could play out but i think that that leaves a really sour taste in people's mouths which means that you're not able to go back and collaborate with that person more you know which is something that i find and i'm sure you do too melanie that once you've got a collaboration partner it's a a relationship that's built and you're able to work with that person for many many years So it's going in with the intention of adding value, coming from a place of service, coming from a really good intentionality that you're really wanting to help that person, not going in with what can I get out of this? Because it's all just mm, very misaligned. There's lots of friction there. So definitely, you know, over-promising would be be one of those things because it's very short-sighted. Yeah. And I guess maybe a sister to that would be not following through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where I see the overpromising is it could be from the vendor side where they're saying, we're going to have a thousand people at this event and you have like 20 people in the room or, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. a big example as, a, as an extreme example. But I think it could also be not really understanding what's on your plate and saying you're going to do certain kinds of promotion and then not. And then the other person's kind of like, what happened? But then the follow through, I think is, Sometimes people say, hey, let's do something. And then they don't actually take the steps to pull something together. And I think there's a lot of missed opportunity that way. It's really easy to get busy and not like make time for things like this, but this is where the gold is. Mm. So maybe just being intentional and saying like, I'm going to do one collaboration every three months, or I'm going to have five people I collaborate with or whatever, find something that you can set an intention around. So you make it part of your strategy, not something that you do if you have time. Mm, That's really great advice. I think one of the other things is having a misaligned audience. So having two audiences that really don't have an overlap in what each Mm -hmm. of you as a collaboration partner offers or not having aligned values. And I think that it's really important to think that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, we've worked really hard to build our personal brand, really hard to build our audience. That's built on our values and what we believe in. And we can, if we transfer trust to someone else and those values aren't aligned, that can actually really hurt your business. I totally agree. And I've actually found that I want to just dig a little deeper on this audience, unaligned audience. I have friends who I love and adore. I absolutely love what they do in the world, but we don't really have aligned audiences. 
And mm. they've been so gracious to like share if I'm doing an event or share an offer that I have. And, you know, I would re- reciprocate. But then I was starting to unpack like, why are we getting all of these leads and all these people coming through something and they're not buying? And I would mm. start to look at the demographic and the need and the relevance of what I do for what this, this group is looking for doesn't match. And so yep. to me, there's no sense building up a huge list of people that aren't potential buyers. No, it doesn't no. make any sense. Absolutely <laughs> so, not. Absolutely. Yeah, really yeah. cool. So we've talked about collaboration today, a lot of tips on collaboration, a lot of tips on what could go wrong so that you can look out for them. So if you've been loving what we're talking about, please make sure that you stay connected with both myself, Samantha Riley, and Melanie Benson on whatever platform that you're watching us on. And also be sure to follow us on this platform because we're always back every single week on Tuesday, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, Wednesday, if you are in the Southern Hemisphere, and tag a friend who you might benefit from today. And we'd also love you to leave a comment. What did you learn today? What was your biggest takeaway? Because I think that being able to reflect and really start to pay attention to what were those takeaways will help you to implement, which is where the gold is when you are an entrepreneur. That's so true. Great to chat with you today and hang out with you. You too. As always, I love uh, co-creating the way to hit that next level of influence. So thanks for tuning in, friends. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Ciao. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode. Girl, girl.